Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, and welcome to my personal somewhere between uh, six to eight week apology to my boyfriend. Sorry about that first Visions episode, honey. We're going to try to do this better this time. (laughs) And also to just anybody who likes anime in general, uh, we apologize because I know I wasn't like the super like greatest with my thoughts on the first time we ever covered this. So I was just kind of like, meh, anime is dumb. Like, but this is Star Wars. So Star Wars is good, but anime is poop. And now you've hopefully changed, revisited that opinion somewhat. Only slightly. Okay. (laughs) Well, this is a step on your character growth. Right. Uh, Oh, I definitely, I have achieved, like, I am in my, at least the fourth season of the, you know, the show of my life. So I'm I'm glad that you've reached that point. Or I guess technically, if you do it by decade, I guess technically I'm in the third season because I'm almost 30. So I would be like almost in the third season. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with the second season. Is that how it works? I'm in the third season or almost in the third season. I am I am well into my third season. Gotcha. Unfortunately. And this is the crazy season, right? This, this is the crazy season. This, this is, is where shit season. gets unhinged. Look, <laughs> I turned 30 in the middle of the pandemic, so Oh, well then you even have more of a fun time. Uh right. Uh no, my uh my boyfriend listened to our initial visions episode and has never let me live it down. Like he brings it up all the time. It's like he's listened to two episodes of this show. That one and the celebration, post-celebration one with Chris. These are the only two episodes he's listened to of the show. I wouldn't say it's like a great measurement of our show. That's not a good cross section. That's not a great like, that's not a great representative sample. But uh, yeah, he's he's a little mad. So I'm doing this as a uh, extended apology to him. Well, hopefully, like I've done enough research and notes and like we've done enough to make this like semi presentable or doing some kind of justice. Yes, yes. Well, we had also talked to because Vision season two just came out and we watched it and we liked it and we were talking about what do we want to do between uh i'm totally blanked on the last show that just came out the mandalorian i forgot about the mandalorian (laughs) the show we literally just finished we just spent 10 weeks on the mandalorian and i forgot it happened yeah well wow wow there you go that shows how much you liked it okay i'm a good (laughs) podcaster i know what i'm doing (laughs) haha uh between the mandalorian and ahsoka and we ultimately decided we want to do season one again of Visions. And I can say even just going back and rewatching this first episode, I was like, damn, this is really good. I'm kind of looking forward to doing these one at a time. Because when I watched it initially, it was like we marathoned all of them. And now I'm like, oh, I can just sit here and like marinate in this short animated film that I watched. Right. And then when I went into this with the mindset of, oh, we're only doing one per episode, like I sat there and watched it, watched it. You know what I mean? Like I really, truly soaked in every detail, everything. And actually we'll get into it later, but because I kind of read half the the companion book, I always also like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I so, get this now. Yeah, I, I like I, we'll get We'll get so. to Ronan. We'll get to Ronan. But yeah. um, first, uh, before we, we get that far, uh, I have no fucking notes and I have no fucking plan. Okay, well then, let me tell you how we're gonna do this every okay, single Bradley. episode. Uh, we we do this sometimes because I do a lot of research for the the uh, upcoming episodes. So when we have off time, we switch, and Bradley does all of that. So Bradley, would you like?
to tell us how you are structuring these Visions episodes, and I'm just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, so here's how a basic, basic, basic formula is how it's going to go. So we'll obviously, we'll do the title, we'll do a synopsis, we'll do the director and the writer or writers. We'll do what studio it is. We'll talk about the studio, maybe a couple things that you may or may not have seen uh, that they've done. Um, then we'll talk about the English voice actors for the uh, the dub for all of these because they are all in Japanese and English. And so this will be, we're only going to cover the English voice actors because I would literally be sitting here for three hours if I tried to do both. So <laughs> Also, uh, regrettably, I do feel like you would not know which like I, yeah. anime to identify as being, this is the thing that this particular Japanese mm. actor is known for. So we're right. going to stick to the English ones. Exactly. Because I do know the English. So, which is actually very interesting because I, when I look them up, I'm like, oh, I know that person from this place. Oh, I know that person <laughs> from this place. So I'll enlighten you on that. Um, and I only once... recognized one for the first one. So I'm looking oh. forward to hearing this one. Okay, good. Um, and then once we cover the English voice actors, then we can just talk about, you know, the animation style and like what we liked about the episode and things like that. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, it will be really short right. and sweet and simple. Um, none of these are very long, so we shouldn't be taking very long to talk about them because if we are, then we have a problem. This will be our longest episode because of <laughs> yes. the preamble. The preamble. And then also because this one happens to have a companion novel with it, so we can kind of yes. talk a little bit more about this episode than the other ones. But, you know. Yes. And my my personal challenge for this, uh, because I am currently rewatching my favorite anime of all time, is to see uh, if I can sneak in. I'm, I'm going to pull like a Claudia with Trigun thing and try to find any opportunity I can to bring up Monster. So fair word of warning, that's coming. Bradley will probably cut it out. All right, Bradley, you want to take us into the episode? Absolutely. So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars Vision Season 1 episode titled The Duel, where a wandering stranger with a mysterious past defends a village from powerful bandits. The director was... Hold on, so my brain just broke okay. because you, you have a certain inflection you do when you read synopses like you lapse into this sort of bradley voiceover radio voice <laughs> yeah. and i'm used to you going synopses 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 charles what is one thing you liked about this episode and what <laughs> the good so the second you started in the synopsis my brain was like fuck i need to come up with something i liked um uh thing i like thing i liked uh and and just so my brain is functionally broken after over two years of doing this podcast God. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I'm like Pavlov dog uh, with Bradley's synopsis voice. I hear it and my brain immediately starts trying to generate <laughs> one thing I liked and one thing I didn't. Oh my goodness. Um, no, so you don't have to worry about that because I'm going to go right into the directed by and okay. written by. So Take that us into way... the directed by yeah. and written by. Um, so also, again, fair warning people, uh, you know, because a lot of these directors and writers are Japanese people, they do have a little bit more difficult names for me personally to pronounce. So I am doing my best as I can. And I have also tried to phonetically spell out all these names to what I think that they're supposed to sound like. I don't actually know. So do not come for me. I'm just guessing. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. So the director is Takanobu Mizuno. And then the writer is Mitsuyasu Sakai. I think he did a pretty good job. I think that's the best I, I can sort do, of so. right. <laughs> So there you go. And that was the writer and the director. Um, and what I'm not going to do is try to go look at their stuff because because they are Japanese filmmakers and writers. I probably would never 
have heard of a lot of the things they have done. If there is one of them, and I, I will look, and if there's something notable, I will bring it up. But at this point in time, I have not noticed anything that I would recommend. I think I've that's seen. fair and reasonable. So people who are familiar with with those things, we we are shouting these people out, right. and we want to encourage you to go check out their other work. But we are exactly. just going to shout them out. This is who sure. directed it. This is who wrote it. Uh, tell us what studio animated this, Bradley. So the studio is called Kamikaze Duga. Now, now there's now. one big thing that they're really known for, and I, I, was I say. have the list pulled up. Oh, you I do. I want to see okay, if great. you've also identified the big thing that everybody probably knows them for. So according to IMDb, and this is just by popularity of votes, I guess that's what it's on this list is what they're is how they're ranking it. It's not by the actual rating of the thing. It's just by like votes. So okay. the top thing that they're known for, according to IMDb, is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You got it right. Well done. Okay. They do so. the animation production for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I Are you familiar with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at all, Bradley? I'm not. Uh, I do. I have heard the name, though, so I feel like it's a, it must be a very popular anime. It's a anime. very big, it's very big. Um, I don't even know what the premise is, but I at least know the name, so that there I can tell kind you that of tell you the premise. So, disclosure, I haven't watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. There are other anime studios that will come up later that I have actually watched the anime in question. Uh, I haven't watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a bizarre anime. It's kind of, from what I understand, it's kind of like a everybody has like a superpower thing mm, that's unique okay. to them. And it's very like weird and out there. It's got this really exaggerated, like if you pull up the, the like clips from it or images from it, it's got this really exaggerated like animation style. Like, have you seen the TikTok trend of people like bending backwards on their knees and pointing outwards? Have you seen this or is this just on my FYP? I think that's just on yours because right now mine is the okay. the Formula One racing twins. So like that's all that's on my For You okay. page right now. You so. have a very, very weird For You page. Uh, that's what <laughs> that trend was from. Gotcha. Was okay. It was a, a reference to... It was to, from the anime. It's from the either the anime or the manga because it's based on a manga. From what I understand, the anime is a pretty faithful adaptation of the manga. But if you look at the anime, I've seen like clips from it. I can kind of see how, how it's the same animation style as the duel i could see where where both of those were animated by the same people gotcha uh, but from what i what i am led to believe it is a very good anime it's simply not one that i've gotten around to watching but that's my best way of explaining it based on what limited knowledge i have now i didn't know that thing i knew the name but i didn't know what that was now i was looking at the list the only other one i know on here literally the only other one i know is a movie a dc animated movie that i've seen uh, called Batman Ninja. And I was like, oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> yes. The animation is style guys. is almost like exactly the same. Like it's like the same computer generated kind of like artsy looking. Also similar because it's very ninja slash samurai based or, you know, feudal Japan kind of themed. <laughs> like it's almost like identical other than the black and white. I was like, wow, this is pretty much the same. Yes. I've, I've actually got them pulled up on Anime News Network is mm. what I Googled just because I wanted to see. They have it broken down by specifically what uh, the studios have like done for each show. They did the animation production for both of those. So they were the main gotcha. ones to actually animate those the movie and, and the show. Cool. So yes, that is what they are most known for is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but then they've also done Batman Ninja. Uh, they did Pop Team Epic is one that they did a couple of seasons of. And those are those are the ones that I recognize. 
on this list. And then I want to go into, before we get into the actual story and stuff like that, I wanted to talk okay. about the voice actors. Um, so I'm only going to talk about, about the, voice actors. the two main characters. I'm not going to talk about, you know, the village child guy or like the old man who, okay. you know, something. I'm not going to talk about all of them because that would be literally There's be like sitting here There's 12 people <laughs> yeah. in this cast list. Yeah. This is so, an amazingly stacked cast list. Like, I don't think anybody voices two characters. There's nobody doubling up here. Every single right. voice you hear coming out of every single person is a unique voice which is so, fucking incredible right and i'm only going to talk about the two main characters because they're the biggest characters and because they're two big actors so i really want to talk about them but we'll start off with our main character which is also a disney trifecta by the way okay um, let's hear so it. so this is the ronin character is voiced by a man named brian t he his disney trifecta well he's mostly known for chicago med is what he's okay. uh, most known for but he was in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. There you go. There's our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. connection also. Um, he was also in The Wolverine. So that's kind of a double Marvel thing. So he's been in two different Marvel things. He was on the animated Disney show Baymax! Exclamation point. He did a voice on there. And fun fact, he did a gay character on that. Nice! So he was the gay love interest of one of the characters in the uh, Baymax cartoon. If you haven't seen it, they're like little shorts. They're really cute. But one of the characters in that, in one of the episodes is a gay guy and he likes this other guy and they have like interactions. Um, Baymax tries to help them get together. We we love Baymax queer ally. Ex exactly. I fully, fully love that from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, so, and that's, who's so that's Brian T. the Sith lady, bandit leader. Yes, yeah, so she's credited as bandit leader in the book. Her name is Koru, I think. Koru, um, yeah. But she is voiced by Lucy Liu. And do you want to tell us some other things that <laughs> Lucy Liu has been in? Yes, if you don't know, Charlie's Angels, Kill Bill, the show Elementary. I mean, she's been in fucking everything, you know. And actually, she's been in a lot of Disney stuff, too. She's in voice stuff for Disney. So she hasn't been in a Marvel thing yet, which is weird that I could see yeah, but she I, was i can't think of of any yeah, that she's been but in. she was in three different disney things when i was looking at the list and i was like what so she's like of she, she's most she's mostly done uh i think it's the tinkerbell movies she does one of the voices of one of the did fairies. not know that and then she does it in every movie um and there's like eight of them she was in that new movie that was just okay it was called strange world she did a voice in that um, i have not seen it but i've heard it's very very basically good yeah it's it's okay and then she did a voice in mulan too so those are all the different Bless her heart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen Mulan 2, iconic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I am going to recommend, though, I am going to recommend Elementary to people. Elementary had the bad luck go. to uh, come out at the same time as Sherlock being at the height of its popularity on Tumblr. This was before season three happened. I believe it came out between seasons two and three. And regrettably, we all had not figured out that Sherlock is actually bad. So the show, I feel like, got shafted by people when it came out. The first two seasons, at least, of Elementary are excellent. It is actually a very legitimately good show. And I liked it a lot. Uh, and then, obviously, Lucy Liu is in it as Joan Watson. It's, it's an excellent, excellent show. I do actually recommend watching the first couple of seasons of that. Love that. So now that we've got all the logistics out of the way, yes. um, what did you think about the, well, first I want to talk about just the art style in general. Like, what did you think about it? How, 
what was your first initial reaction? And then like, what was your like, and now that we've watched it like a year, two years later, you know, what's our, what's your reaction? Uh, it sucks and I hate it. Zero out of 10. Worst thing I've ever seen in my life. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was in there in case my boyfriend is listening. Gotcha. Uh, I will be able to tell because when I say that he will scream at the top of his lungs <laughs> and I will be able to hear him from anywhere in the apartment. Uh, no, I thought it, I thought it was really good. I thought it was better the second time I watched it because I remember they they put this all over the promotional image like yep. this was all over the promotion for Star Wars Visions I think I got a little tired of looking at it I think so yeah by the time the show came out I was like okay here's this one like they included the shot of him pulling the lightsaber out of his scabbard for the first time and it, in the show it's supposed to be like this whole big reveal but they loved to use it for like their their promotional image because it's such a kick-ass shot and by the time we got to it, I was like, okay, I'm watching this and now we'll get to the stuff that I I haven't seen in the trailers yet. And so this time when I watched it, it had been a couple of years since I'd actually sat down and watched it. I was blown away by how good the art style is. Uh, it reminded me, I'm moving into the animation a little bit, but pairing up the art style with the animation, the, the sort of jerky kind of animation style that they have uh, did make it seem a lot like it played into that black and white film grain filter thing that they have going on. Like it's trying to be a Kurosawa movie, like emulate the feel of a Kurosawa movie without directly like just making one. So I, I thought that between the animation and the way it was animated, I thought they did a really good job of, of capturing that. Uh, what about what about you? What did what did you think of the art style for this one? So like I said on like the last one, initially when I first watched this, I absolutely hated. It. You know, I was like, this is terrible, this is gross, I don't get it, it doesn't make any sense. Now that I've had time to mature and grow as a human being, um, no, I watched it, I get You've it. been through a few men, so you've learned some lessons right. about yourself. Um, no, but I, I get it now. It, it does make sense for this particular story, the look of everything, the styling, the black and white, the jittery kind of almost camera likeness of it seems like an old ass film that we're watching. And it just looks really cool and vintage like in it. I get it. I don't like it when it comes to like, say, uh, the Dragon Prince on Netflix or uh, the Godzilla show or whatever, like on Netflix. I can't stand those shows like because it's mm. the same similar kind of weird animated thing. Like, I don't like it. My um, ass turned the Dragon Prince off my ass. Like, I could not take it. <laughs> I could not stand it. I, but, I I couldn't do it. Yeah. And it's a difference too of like when a when a show is doing the animation that way as a, a that's the point. Like they're right. deliberately trying to do it and it works together with the film grain filter that they have on. Did you notice that they had the little bits of like the old timey film grain on top of it? I, I did in the beginning. I didn't really yeah. notice it. They after do it a while. in the beginning. They deliberately like phase it out and then back mm -hmm. in for the end. Gotcha. So you don't really notice it going in and like in and out. You notice it at the beginning and then it kind of goes away and then it comes back. But it's something like doing that sort of animation as a point. Like it, the film is, the short film is trying to recreate a specific feel and something where uh, the animators were just given zero money uh, and crunch time by uh, the studio. And so they had to have it look like garbage. And if you want to watch a show on Netflix, it doesn't look like garbage. They just added all of Monster. It's really good. <laughs> It's only in Japanese, which is unfortunate because the dub is awesome, but that was my obligatory monster plug we can return to. Gotcha.
So I want to talk about one thing I noticed is just the very beginning, the title card in the very beginning. I was stupid the first time I watched this. And I was like, oh, that seems to be a recurring theme here. I was like, oh, obviously that's just Japanese and they're just being like, whatever, right? You thought Um, the Orabesh was Japanese? I did. And only because I was stupid and I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to it, right? Like I was like, oh, I obviously can't read whatever that is. So that's obviously must be Japanese. Now going back and looking at it, I was like, Oh, that's that looks different. Obviously, that's not Japanese, clearly. And then I'm looking at it like, what is it? And I had to Google it because I was like, I didn't quite get it. I, I didn't it didn't even occur to me that it could be Arabesh because I was just like, oh, that would be too uh, like simple of a solution <laughs> for what that is. Uh, but it looked really cool. I was like, I like how it says the duel in Orabesh. I I want to give you shit for not knowing that, but like to be fair, if you aren't as familiar with recognizing Orabesh and you never watch anime, so you don't know what Japanese looks like when it's written out. I, yeah, I, I I I honestly can't blame you that much for messing that up. At least you have learned and grown from this experience. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh... I one thing I really liked too visually about the the show was the way that the lights were colored like they had the red and green and and blue lights uh so the laser bolts right were colored yep. the lightsabers but even like stuff with the droid eye and like the lights in the buildings mm-hmm. it made it made it sort of pop out a little bit it made it visually interesting to look at uh especially since the animation is sort of this crosshatch like brush style that it would it would be i feel like there's certain shots that i would have gotten a little lost in but having those focal points of the lights it almost made it feel like i'm watching this through a haze like this sleepy village and the lights are coming through the fog i kind of i liked that i liked that a whole lot no i agree with you i think it was really visually stunning when they had like just a little hints of color and 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 when they were a lot of color like especially with like the red lightsabers that was when it was very dynamic and you were just like whoa what's going on like especially against the black speaking of what's going on what what did we think of the story this time around i thought the story was actually pretty good i thought it if you hadn't watched any of the trailers or you didn't know anything about any of these and you were just like oh he because uh, even in dialogue she's like oh you're a jedi like i haven't fought a jedi in a long time and so we're like oh obviously he's a jedi because he's our good guy character and then he pulls out a red lightsaber and you're like oh fuck wait a minute what's going on here there's more to this story i felt like there was layers to it they kept building upon that especially towards the end when he reveals like oh i have a bunch of these fucking crystals because i've just murdered a bunch of these fuckers <laughs> like so it's very interesting i i like how the novel explains it better but like this set up the idea of it at least yeah i liked how much what i call visual storytelling there was going on in this uh visual storytelling is my nice little term for honey look up from your fucking phone there's information you have to absorb with your eyeballs right uh that's what visual storytelling is and this had a lot of really good visual storytelling uh i was particularly impacted by the ending where he he kind of pulls aside his robe and it reveals all of the red kyber crystals so it tells us without a word of dialogue based on everything we know that this guy has been hunting former sith 
Yeah. Like it just tells us that tells us about his character. I really, yeah, I really liked the story overall. I thought it was simple. I thought there was nice little sprinkles of background lore where they're talking about, you know, a war that had just ended, uh, mm-hmm. that there was noble Jedi and that there's evil Sith and he himself was a Sith. Um, I also liked the droid. <laughs> I thought the droid was great. I love how the droid wearing a hat makes no sense, like in practicality reasons, but it's just amazing that he's wearing this. <laughs> Who cares? It kicks ass. I know. I love it. It was so funny. Speaking of uh, the story, though, I I sense you straining at. We want to talk about the fact that this got a uh, continuation novel, Star Wars. Right. Roman. This is a interesting part of the Star Wars Visions story because this is the only thing that got any kind of expansionary storytelling of any kind, whether that be comic book or uh, a novel, which this got both, actually. Um, Yes, I have read both. And I thought that was very interesting that they did that, which leads me to believe that this story has way more potential than they're using it, which is just for a short and then a novel. Like, you know, I feel like they could expand on that a little bit more if they wanted to but I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the novel for a little bit. Um, yes. I do want to come up first at uh, the very yeah, front do, and say that I, wanna... I never finished it. There we go. <laughs> I tried. I really did. I just didn't quite enjoy the novel as much as I enjoyed watching the short. Um, I like the novel up to a certain point. I think the problem is the novel is not an easy read. No. I, I think it's not for the faint of heart. It's not a normal read for people. It's very dense. It's a very dense, it's a very poetically written novel. And I don't say that in the sense of, oh, it has purple prose. Every word there is is intentional. Every word that uh, Emma Miko Kandon, who was the author of the novel, fun fact, non-binary. So we got a queer writer uh, approaching this, uh, which also probably explains why everyone in the novel is gay. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, but the way that they write this is so so rich and poetic it's like biting into a very very rich chocolate cake and if you're not prepared for that it will overwhelm you and and you will just get confused and people i've talked to about the novel they either like unabashedly think it's the greatest thing ever and will sing its praises or couldn't finish it there is no in between nobody i know has read the entire novel and been like yeah that was okay it's one or the other and i do think it speaks to how well the novel is written and how authentically the novel is written uh it wasn't just somebody doing a tie-in it was somebody who looked at this short film and determined there was a story they wanted to tell in there and then they tell that story and they clearly felt very passionate about it i liked it a lot but that's just that's me well you're also an avid reader so i'm an avid reader you do have a your reading brain is a lot stronger than you know people like me who don't actually read every day who don't you know don't train their brain to read like that and if you don't it is something you a skill you do kind of have to reteach yourself because it doesn't if it especially if a novel like this that it is so dense there is so much kind of honestly you're relearning lore like it's like kind of uh you have to kind of train your brain to accept these stories like that and 
and it's it's really hard for a I don't want to say I'm a beginner reader, but you know what I mean, like no. somebody who just doesn't read all. Somebody the time. who's who's not like a hobbyist reader like I am, right? Somebody because I I read every day. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm constantly reading. If I'm not reading, I'm not reading because I'm writing. Like those are the things that I do with my spare time when I'm not making this podcast. Right. Is I'm either reading a bunch of books or I'm writing a bunch of books. And so yeah, part of the benefit with Star Wars books and and even sort of franchise books as a whole is they're great for people generally who don't read a lot and want to kind of get into it. I'll take the example of me in comics, right? I've never been a big comics guy. Uh, my best friend, huge comics guy. He has thrown a couple of comics at me and I've read them and I'm like, I don't get this. I don't understand. This is kind of dumb. Like, I get why you love it, but I, I can't get into it. And then I started reading the High Republic comics and I was like, oh, I get it now. And then I just devoured the Star Wars comics, like absolutely devoured them. And I went back and reread the Dragon Age comics after that. And like that made more sense to me because I could approach it from a franchise that I was already familiar with. I had read Light of the Jedi. So by the time I got into the comics, I was like, OK, I have a basic grasp of who these people are and following along in that story. And I think that novels work the same way that franchise books are really good for kids or for people that don't have a lot of experience reading uh, or listening to something on audiobook that kind of have to train their brain how to do it where you have a sort of baseline Ronan is not the first book I would give to somebody it is a very dense book and it is a very rich book and it is because again you do have to relearn a bunch of lore part of the appeal of the book is that it turns the Jedi and Sith lore on its head right it's like a complete you're literally talking about a alternate universe in Star Wars where the rules are not the same you can't think you can't read the Ronan book and go oh Anakin and Rand around with Padme and the Emperor and all this stuff. No, none of that happened. So you have to like take all that out, all that memory, everything you've ever learned about Star Wars out and be like, nope, we're in feudal Japan Star Wars in this novel and that's it. Like that's all you have to know and then go from there. I will say if you're a history nerd like me and you've read anything about the Sengoku Jedi, uh, pick this book up. You will like it. <laughs> You will like it a whole lot because I don't I don't want to make it sound like, you know, it's a bad book. Don't give it to your friends. Maybe if you have some friends who aren't really strong readers, maybe give them some other Star Wars books first to get them accustomed to it. Uh, maybe give them Light of the Jedi and, and get them on the High Republic books because that requires you to divorce yourself enough from the the mainline Star Wars stuff that you start kind of training your brain to do that. So by the time you get to Ronin and you're like, okay, now I have to picture this entirely separate like world that's completely different, which also kicks ass too. I do want to make that clear. I want more Ronin books. No, and actually, if I could understand them, I'm sure they would incredible. be really good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're right. The world building that they do set up for what I did read, it's a fantastic novel. You're like, whoa, this is a rich story. You're like, this is really cool. There's so many different characters they add that are complicated and have their own dilemmas and problems and you're like wait i want to know more about these my people. beloved right I yeah you're like so i want to know more about these people and i love that about this novel um one thing actually that the novel does that the short doesn't do that i thought was very interesting was that the um, the Ronin character has a voice inside of his head in throughout the entire novel. And yes. you're like, you're like, huh, what is this? Because this wasn't in the short. And I thought that was interesting because I'm not sure if they told the writer about the voice or if the writer just made this the up. The voice is, I think, Candon's 
edition because okay. that that wasn't in the short gotcha uh, but i would be curious too how much because i know canon read the script i think mm. for for the duel uh before they wrote the the novel Gotcha. Uh, but I would be curious. Would be curious what that development process was like. The voice inside the Ronin's head is like the central mystery of the entire book. Uh, and right. also, and like so dead cool people are coming back to life, and it's it's crazy. The plot of this book is fucking insane. The yeah. plot of this book is absolutely wild. Um, no, and I thought that it actually enhanced my viewing. What I've read already, like enhance, because if you if you read at least the first chapter or two of the Ronin book, it's the same as the short. It, right? It's the duel. It's yeah, just it's the, just the duel. The duel. Um, and and it expand it just expands it by adding little bits and pieces there. So if you if you can at least read the first chapter of the novel, you'll be like, whoa, this is such an interesting like thing. Um, I thought that that enhanced my viewing because I was like, oh, the voice is talking to him the whole time in this scene. And I'm like, uh, oh, that's what that's what she was saying right there. That's what she was saying right there. And then I also talked like uh, I noticed like when he brought out his lightsaber, one of the plot points without spoiling the whole entire book is that his lightsaber is broken, that it doesn't actually turn off. Off. It's never not lighted. It's just always in his little. That's why he has the little scabbard. The little scabbard thing, thing right? Uh, so, because it's yeah. specifically designed to keep the blade in check, so he can't actually turn it off. It, it works like an actual sword. Right. Now here's here's my question for you, Bradley. Uh, are you are you going to give the novel another shot, or do you think um, you you need to read some more books first? I think the only way that I would be able to give it another shot is if I I I would have to force myself to sit down and then like listen to each chapter all the way through and then stop like if I I can't like stop in the middle of a chapter or like because what I normally do when I listen to these books is I drive to work or I drive to wherever and I listen to it in the car and I'm only listening right. to it to 15 to 30 minutes at a time and so I you know with regular Star Wars books I can stop it at any point in time and it's whatever you know but I can't stop the Ronin book because what would happen was I kept like stopping it then when I come back to it later you know six or seven hours later after work I'd was like wait what's happening like i have to rewind a little bit and like try to remember what was happening it was just very complicated and it was like way too dense and i was just like okay so if i ever came back to this novel i would have to like force myself to be like okay do i have 20 minutes to listen to this chapter right now do i have 40 minutes to listen to this chapter right now like i'd have to like plan it out otherwise i would not be able to finish it so the next time uh you go to hawaii to film uh temptation <laughs> island ride? season two right you can try to listen to ronan again on the plane I, ride i will i will make that my point if i ever go to hawaii okay. again i will i will listen to the ronan novel on the way there so everyone go and watch temptation island on usa network uh give them okay, high ratings so they will make a season two and go. hire bradley well, well, they they're this is the fifth season but nice track so you can make a season six so Bradley <laughs> can have his go. job back so he can listen to ronan on the plane there you go yeah the novel is very good uh i don't recommend it to yeah like like bradley said people who maybe aren't strong readers but if you are somebody who can't reads a lot and can parse a very very intricately woven novel then it is it is excellent and it lands in a really fantastic place it is gay as hell and it really does a lot to expand the short do we have do, do we do final thoughts is this where we go into final well thoughts? i guess with with the final thoughts this is how i want to do it I'd, I'd okay. like you to just tell me one you know overall thought of the thing and then you can just say if you would like to see more of this story 
how and what medium would you think that this would work best? That's how I want you to finish it off. Okay. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good opener. I wish to God they hadn't spoiled a lot of it in the marketing. I wish I'd seen less of this in the marketing and more of this in the actual thing itself because it was a much better experience in uh, once I had not thought about it for a long time. Uh, I would love to see more of this story. Specifically, I would love to see a continuation of the Ronin novel in some form. Uh, although I do recommend the comic one-shot. It, it is also pretty good. Um, not as good as the novel, but it is pretty good. Uh, so that's that's how I would like to see it. I would like to see more Ronin novels, specifically. Uh, and I am also going to take this opportunity. Imamiko Kenden, who uh, wrote the book, just had a novel come out. Uh, I think I'm going to make sure I have the name right before I say yes. So Imamiko Kenden, who wrote the novel, uh, just had another novel come out called The Archive Undying. I know nothing about it except that my Twitter mutuals really like it. Yeah. So if you if you want more by Imamiko Kenden, go read The Archive Undying. And that is my my actual final thought. I've strayed into Voithos cast territory where my final thought has less and less to do with the actual thing we discussed. Uh, yeah, my final thought, go read The Archive Undying if you liked the Ronin novel. What about mm. you, Bradley? Final thoughts on the show and would you like to see it can, if you were to see it continued in some form, how would you like to see that? So my final thoughts are, you know, this definitely grew on me um, uh, almost two years later. I like it. By the way, Visions season one came out in like 2021. So that's why I'm saying two years later. I liked it. It grew on me. I actually, funny enough, I do think this is actually one of the stronger of the season one shorts. I think it's actually probably one of the strongest um, just in terms of story and, you know, art style and everything. I just think it's just overall a great, you know, um, short i do think that they should continue this i'm gonna go in a different direction than novels um because i don't want to read them so i'm gonna say instead of making a continuation of the novels i think they should do what they did with their batman ninja movie and just adapt the ronin novel into a two-hour film like they did with the batman or i don't know how long it is but i'm just saying like they could do an, an animated movie of the novel and then i would not do it in the same black and white style because I think that works really well for the short. However, I don't think that would work well <laughs> longer than like 30 minutes. I think we'd probably get tired of it after a while. So I think in the same vein that Batman Ninja or Ninja Batman or whatever is in color, I think this should also be in color. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, plugs. You can also find me on For Light and Dice, a TTRPG actual play podcast set in Star Wars The High Republic. Also, like Ronin, it is incredibly gay because all of the players are, are queer people. So go and listen to me on that. And we are currently plugging Temptation Island on USA Network. Uh, Bradley and was- Peacock. And Peacock. And Peacock. You can yep, watch I, it on Peacock You now. can watch it on Peacock now. So you can watch it on Peacock now. Yep. Awesome. So USA Network and Peacock. You can watch Temptation Island, uh, specifically the fifth season. Bradley was the travel <laughs> coordinator. Five. If yep. you want to watch shitty hot people cheat on each other and then be really sad about it, that's the show for you. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and run the socials and we'll be back with, I think, Tatooine Rhapsodies next. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. Have you considered maybe not having me think about my life and choices that have led me to this point? Yeah. Fuck me.